It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. You're listening to the Sharks Audio Network. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Welcome to the latest off-season check-in on the Sharks Audio Network. We're going to be chatting today with William Eklund, a big part of the Sharks' future. He scored his first NHL goals last spring and then unfortunately suffered an upper body injury that required surgery, but it sounds like he's ready and raring to go. Hear it for yourself. All right, we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by William Eklund. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all good. Thank you. How are you doing? Hi, uh, dude. I'm enjoying the summer. It's uh, it's hot. There's uh, you know there's good AC, so we're happy about that. First things first. How's the shoulder feeling? It feels real good. You know, it's been a, it's been a good rehab period for me. Yeah both mentally and physically so i'm getting more prepared every day and it's, it's getting really good man how much of a bummer was that when it went down because obviously you'd just been up with the sharks for a while before that and everyone had been really impressed with your play you had scored your first nhl goals um great goals and great celebrations so that was some fun stuff and then you're you're back in the ahl for i feel like less than a week and then all of a sudden you know, you're out for a couple games and then suddenly the word comes down that you need surgery. Like, I just, like, I can't even try to begin to put myself in your shoes where you're at this high and then suddenly you're at this low where it's like you're back to square one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it sucked, to be honest, you know. Uh, I, I knew I had a little problem with my shoulder. And, you know, at some points I would probably have to do it, but to get it at this point and, you know, we were, we were hunting for the playoffs in the AHL too, yeah. and I really wanted to contribute every day there. And no, I think it was my my best decision I made in my career this far. And mm-hmm. I think it was a decision that me and, and the staff took together that uh, with the medical team. Uh, so I think it was a great decision for me in my my long term career. In terms of like contact and stuff, when camp starts, are you going to be able to be? Full contact? Or are they still going to be a little bit careful for the first couple of weeks? The plan is to do that, so I hope 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 that uh, that's it. But we'll see when I come to camp, and hopefully I, I get cleared for that. Nice, good deal. Um, in terms of that impacting your off-season training, I mean, obviously you could still skate, I, I would imagine, but um, you know a lot of the the upper body stuff because I know you had talked about wanting to put on size, and it seemed like you had um how did that impact your off-season training yeah you know it was a little, little bit different but of course you can do a lot of stuff without just one arm and i i figured that out pretty quick <laughs> and my, the rehab did go quicker than i thought so you know it's been pretty much like a normal off-season for me i think except a little bit a little bit of uh, different stuff but other than that it's been all good nice nice what what has the off-season, you know, training been like for you? I mean, obviously, you had to make some small changes, but um, when did you get back out on the ice? When did uh, 
you know, what, like, what was your, your kind of timeline in terms of what you were doing to prepare? Yeah. You know, I was first month pretty much suck. You know, he can't really do anything. <laughs> uh, just staying in his brace all the time. And, uh, then the, the second one was more getting it moving and stuff like that. And, after when I get got to the dev camp and get clear from the doctor's chair, they, that's what they, that was the first time I stepped on the ice since since the injury. So since then I've been on the ice. Nice, nice, good deal, man. Good deal. I'm glad to hear that is coming along nicely. Um, I wanted to get into some questions that I took from fans on the subreddit because everybody, get, like the the fan base, looks at you uh, and Thomas Bordalo as kind of being the two guys at the tip of the spear. For the next generation of the Sharks, and obviously that—that's the pressure that comes with being a, a high draft pick. Um, what does it feel like to know that so many fans do look at you as being one of those guys who's hopefully going to lead the charge uh, to bring the Sharks back to the playoffs in the near future? Yeah, you know, like you said, I think that's that's a part of it. Can't wait, it. and I'm I'm very the situation. That's a situation I like. Uh, I like to have pressure on me. I've been having pressure my whole life. So it's a thing that I'm pretty used to, but also like I wanted to win as quickly as possible. I want to make team as quick as possible. I want, you know, everything like that as quick as possible. But I think we have a lot, a lot of good guys uh, who was in down the AHL this year too and had a had a good team spirit down there. And hopefully we'll, some of these guys will bring it up in the NHL team and, you know, get back to playoffs. Yeah. Um, what was your experience from your two stints in the NHL? Because you'd started off the 21-22 season and then you got um, towards the end of the 2022-2023 last season. How much different was your game when comparing those two time periods? Yeah, I think I, you know, when I came up the second time, I know a little bit more how the, you know, the speed would be. And I know how, how the game would, would work pretty much. And I think I, I play better in my games that I played. I played more. Uh, I try and just to earn, earn my minutes out there and, you know, be a, be more of a shooting threat. And uh, that's the things that I think I, I could contribute more this year. What has uh, surprised you most about living in San Jose? The great weather every day. It's obviously a thing. Uh, you know, I'm not used to that coming from Sweden, so... The great weather is it's it's a good thing, and uh, you know all around it. Is, I live in a really good place that I really enjoy living it, and I had a lot of good friends and family coming over. So it was a great first year for me. Yeah, man. I mean, the the Bay Area of all the places you could have landed in the NHL, the Bay Area is about as good as it gets. Not that there aren't other great cities, but like you said, the weather weather's pretty nice around here. We had a rainy winter this last year, so hopefully we won't get to that to the same extent this year. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's pretty nice. What what do you like to do when you're um, when you're not playing hockey and enjoying the Bay Area? Have you gotten out to some concert venues? Have you gone to the parks, museums? Are you going out to you know Warriors or 49ers games? Have you been able to take in much of the other stuff the Bay Area has to offer? Yeah, I've been a little trying to go a little bit from the 49ers game. I've been went to one, and I've been you know checking out a lot of times. You go to the uh, center row and stuff on there and. Just hanging out, you know, it's it's a great, great little town to get there. So, uh, you know, go for coffee. The off days is really, you know, you just want to relax. You yeah. get so many games. So not, not a lot of times I go out and, and do stuff. But when I do, I just usually go for walks and stuff. Nice. A lot of walks. 
obviously in the Bay Area, you get exposed to uh, a lot of different styles of food. We have the best food from all over the world here in the Bay Area. Is there any specific um, cuisine that you've gotten into? Like, I, I would imagine you've uh, probably had a few more burritos in your life living in the Bay Area than you did previously. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of more burritos. And, you know, what a, it's it's really good. You know, you can just feel like that really good Mexican food, really good, you know, Japanese food and stuff like that. I, I enjoy every bit of it. So it's just great to go out. When you go out, want to go out to dinner, you know that it's it's great spots all around the place. So yeah. it's it's really nice. Do you do sushi when you say Japanese food or more of like the, uh, I'm trying to think, like the, 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 the seared stuff that they do, like a Benihana? I usually do the sushi, nice. you know, big sushi fan. So, yeah. and I explored a lot of more sushi this year when living in Bay Area. So, that's the thing I liked a lot. Nice, yeah. No, dude, you came to the uh, the right place. Uh, here's another one from Reddit. Um, how does the culture of the Barracuda and the Sharks differ from from Jew Garden and playing in Sweden? Is it? I mean, is is it hockey just hockey, or are there differences? in a, like how the overall team culture is in America compared to Sweden? Yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, in the in the NHL and AHL, you have guys going up and down in different teams. And then in you run in Sweden, it's just one team that you got all year pretty much. Yeah. So that's that's a thing that's a little different. Uh, and that's something I learned this year too, how it works. So I, I'm I'm glad that I were, uh, learned it this year. Nice. Um, in terms of the uh, the Barracuda and that coaching staff, are there certain coaches that you had better relationships in terms of learning from others? Was there like one coach that you were able to really get along with and was able to improve your game? I really liked all of the coaches we had down there. You know, uh, I had a good relationship with all of them. They were really clear what they wanted with me and what they see, saw in me, and I was you know clear with what I what I wanted to work on, and they helped me a lot. So I'm just thankful for their help and you know they they did a great job yeah i i imagine the most difficult thing about being a highly touted prospect like yourself is that there's probably certain things you've always done that have allowed you to have success but when you get to the ahl and the nhl level they're probably looking at and saying like yeah that's great but we also need you to do x y and z in addition to your a b and c how hard is that to kind of work on new skill sets or differing skill sets or change some of your skill sets, even though maybe some of those things you've always leaned on are maybe not going to be as effective at, at this level. Yeah, of course it's, it's a little bit different. You know, you come to the senior hockey, like uh, playing against men, it's always going to be a big difference from playing junior hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, and I learned that a little bit in Sweden because I played there with against men. Yeah. But also this year too, and and in smaller ice, you know, it's it's a completely new thing for me, playing a whole year on small ice, and you can learn a lot of a lot of those stuff from players who who played here, like Mike Ricci. I think I learned a lot from him. Yeah. It's about you know how you can be around the net and how you can really score goals being good around the net. So I'm just gonna listen to them every day and try to get better at at everything. Have you made some some good friends with your guys on the Barracuda? Yeah, a lot of good friends. You know, we're trying to talk a little bit in the summers to just catch up and see how it's going. So I'm just, you know, it's it's been a good good group and a good group of young guys who really want to to get better every day. And I think that's the that's the most important thing. Are you still talking to guys that were in the same draft class as you? Because I'm 
And obviously there were other players from Sweden that came up that you probably cross path with at one time or another. And then there's other guys you meet through the, through the entire process. Do you, do you keep in touch with guys that are on other teams now? Yeah, a little bit, you know, uh, Simon Evanson and me talk a little bit about Sweden and trying to catch up. And obviously you see a lot of those guys on the, on the, uh, on the ice too, where you meet them. So you, you talk sometimes. So of course a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I always think that's the the weird thing is when you're coming up with these other young guys, it's like you guys, you know, your early twenties or in your case, you know, coming in as an 18 year old, you know, you're looking with these dudes. Some of them are almost 40. They're almost my age. They've got families, they've got wives and kids. I always imagine that's gotta be such a weird dynamic. It's like you and the young guys are like, yeah, let's go out. And they're like, nah, I got to get home and feed the baby. <laughs> it's the, the clash of two totally different parts of your lives. Yeah. You know, they, I think they understand us too, you know, we've been, uh, they've been in our shoes too. So, and that's the, that's the great thing too, that you can learn a lot about them from them because they, they've been in our shoes too. Nice. They've been in this situation too, to, to come in the league pretty young and trying to earn a spot. So they, they, that's I think was really good about them because they, they taught me a lot of things. Yeah. And in, in terms of the, um, you know, the guys that you've been able to play with up to this point of the year of your career, you talk about a Brent Burns, you talk about an Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle. Um, you know, did any of those guys have any specific advice for you, especially the guys, you know, like a Hurdle or a Carlson that came over from Europe and understand what it's like to move to a new country and have such an ab abrupt change in your life? Yeah, you know, they came with little tips and tricks, you know, uh, all through the year, I think. And especially how, how you act outside the eyes. And how you be, you know. I just like to watch those guys mm -hmm. and off ice to see how how can they become so good and how can they not not just on the ice but also off the ice to see if they're like because something has to do with doing it. You know that, that they're so good. So I just trying to learn and adapt. Did you does it ever feel weird asking you know a Brent Burns or a Logan Couture? you know, a, a question, because I, I would think that as a young kid, especially in your first year, when you're coming up and you're trying to prove yourself, you almost feel like you don't want to, you know, not upset them, but you don't want to like steal their time. And, you know, I'm sure though, at the same time, you do probably have like a million questions that you want to ask them. Yeah. It's a little bit of a fine line there, I think, but it's <laughs> also like, I want to learn. So I'm going to ask. Yeah. That's the thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask as much as I can. Yeah. Like I would like just, again, the idea of being a hockey fan and then suddenly finding yourself playing and practicing in the off season with a Brent Burns. Like there was probably a moment where you were like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I had a lot of those. Like when you come home from training, you're like, shit, I got to play with <laughs> Eric Carlson, on Brent Burns today. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, man. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of where you're at in your career. Um, what are your goals for this upcoming season? Yeah, I want to take. I want to play full season in NHL. I want to play. I want us to make the playoffs too. So that's obviously the goal to to play there. Yeah, no, I mean that's 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 excellent. I think that's what everybody wants to hear. How much pressure do you put on yourself in that capacity? I mean, I know that no one man or one player or, you know, one position can do it all on their own. But I mean, I guess, how do you think the team takes that jump from where they were a year ago? 
yeah, I think that's the thing that you know a lot of players have taken take and see what they did last year and see what they can do better. And you know, I know what I gotta do better. I think some other players know what they're gonna do better. So I'm just gonna try to contribute to the team as much as I can. Yeah. Just going back to last year when you did get that first goal, how good did that feel, man? That was it was a great celebration as you went sliding towards the wall, right where uh, there was a fan who was out of town from Chicago. I believe her name was Linda. The Sharks had featured her on social media. So you had the goal, and it was like the perfect moment. They'd been featuring this this young woman all weekend long, and you're going right towards her. I like that. It was a great celebration, but like just it was joy. I was like, there's there's Eklund's goal. Like there it is. Yeah, that was a great. You know, I think I had a lot of chances before, you know, the games before. And to get that goal, it's it's a good relief, really. Mm-hmm. And just for me, you know, to, I think it's way easier after that. You just play because you don't have that in your head all the time. So I just, <laughs> it's a good relief to, to get it out. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And I, uh, I, I know there's going to be many more. A um, couple more for you uh, off of Reddit. Um what what's your game day meal? Do you have things that you specifically like to eat, or it's just whatever the uh, whatever they're putting in front of you? I like, you know, it's, it's depends a little bit, of course. But my my mom makes a little really good bolognese, so she made a lot of for me when I when she went with it and we put it in the freezer. So I usually do that right before when I go to the rink nice. with some spaghetti. So you know, keep it Swedish, and uh, you know, my mom she's a really good chef, so. It's great. Nice. Uh, any passions outside of hockey? I like to. I usually do like a little bit more golfing than I did this year. Nice. With the shoulder, but yeah, that, <laughs> I would say golf then. Uh, but not really much more, but golf is, yeah, it's a win one. Nice. Um, another one that we have here is uh, the guy calls himself a. Um, you know, an equipment nerd for hockey. And he was asking, is there a particular glove fit that you like, certain stick curve, any alterations to your equipment that you try to do uh, before games or things that you do, certain ways that you like to tape, anything like that, or you just keep it pretty standard? I keep it pretty standard, I think. I try to switch a little bit through the years with my sticks and stuff, but I always come back to my to my CCMs and, uh, you know, the, the, the new ripcore now, so I'm doing P29 curve and 75 flex. And nice. I usually, you know, that's what I, that's what I have. That's what I've been having for years now. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty standard. Nice. And then um, as, as a final one for you here, just because people, you know, like, again, we got these questions. This one I really liked. Someone came in with a question. It was, uh, I like the screen name, Dark Poison 510. Um, they ask, uh, what does it mean when someone says they want to be a leader for the team? Is that leading the scoring? Is that leading the team to victory? Or is it leading people, you know, kind of off the ice, you know, through the day-to-day life? What, is, what does leadership mean to you? I think that's also depending on the people, the person getting, like, who's, who's the leader. I think that, like, you can lead in, in terms of points. You can also lead in off ice, how you act and how – like a guy like Couture, I think he's really good at leading in off ice too, like on the ice too, of course. But he's a guy you can look up to and see that he's he's a professional on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. That's the type of leader you want to be. And, you know, uh, I think so, a lot of certain leader who can be. And you don't have to be the most vocal guy all the time, but 
when it, when in time is needed, you you need to step up and, and talk. So, yeah, it's a different type of leaders. Nice. Well, William, man, I am stoked for the upcoming season for you, man. I am glad to hear that everything has gone well uh, with your injury and your rehab and that entire process. And uh, looking forward to everything in your future, man. And I will uh, I will see you soon at uh, Sharks Ice. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Again, that was William Eklund joining us on the Sharks Audio Network. And be sure to check out some of our other check-ins with Luke Cunnan, Nico Sturm, Mario Ferraro, Capo Kakinen, and Matt Benning. And we're going to be talking with Thomas Bordolo next time. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.